Welcome to the Embrace Her Legacy podcast, the number one personal development, faith building, and dream birthing spot for millennial women hosted by Embrace Her Legacy founder, Maria I. Melendez. Ladies, get ready to be inspired, educated, and motivated to birth your dreams and achieve a fabulous legacy of faith, vision, purpose, and personal success. It's time to conquer fear, build up your faith, grow in confidence, and boldly live in your life's assignment. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe and visit us at EmbraceHerLegacy.com to join Embrace Her Legacy University, our online classroom and community filled with personal development classes, tools, and courses to help you realize your dreams, strengthen your faith, and embrace your legacy. Welcome to the Embrace Her Legacy podcast, the number one personal development, faith building, and dream birthing spot for fabulous and faith-filled millennial women. I am the one and only and the fabulous host of the Embrace Her Legacy podcast, Maria I. Melendez, and also founder and CEO of Embrace Her Legacy Global Empowerment on a mission to transform, mentor, and coach women and girls across the globe to embrace a purpose-driven legacy. Um, I'm so excited today to share really, really really special message with you. I don't think that I have done a message this important or recorded a podcast this important in a very long time. And my prayer and my hope is that you leave this podcast, listen into this episode with a complete and total transformation and a renewal of your mind. Um, In all transparency, I did not anticipate to record a podcast episode today. I did not even think when I woke up this morning that this is what I would be doing. But if you know me, you know that I am very um, sensitive to what God wants me. At least I try to be because sometimes I be missing God (laughs) just like the rest of us. And, you know, um... This morning, and like always, this goal is to just, Lord, use me as your vessel and your will be done. You know, I have all this list of tasks I need to do, but Father, at the end of the day, is your will and not mine. Um, So today, actually, I started this post. I do have a blog, and you can go to EmbraceHerLegacy.com. And if you go to the Faith and Purpose section, when you're on the homepage, those are my blog posts that I post about a few times a month, maybe twice a month at least. So this morning I am writing this blog post and I just, I just knew it was just like, it was too good. I'm like, Oh Lord, these words, these words are good. And these not words, these words aren't necessarily my words. I know that this is coming from you father, because I'm not this, (laughs) you know, like I couldn't put that, I couldn't make this a comparison. Not that I'm saying I'm not that smart. Um, because I am, God has made me smart and I think it's okay to know who God made you to be as long as you're not walking in pride. Um, so I was just like, Lord, I know this is you. I mean, so once I was writing it and I, and you can read the post at embracerlegacy.com, I also decided to use that post as inspiration to now record this podcast episode. And it's, this podcast episode is about, Probably the most important relationship that you can have, and it's the one that you have with yourself. 
um, yes, the relationship with God is, um, the relationship with God is the most important one, but next to that is the relationship that you have with yourself. And I think that a lot of us are walking around, um, in a really bad relationship with ourselves and I'm going to show you how, and hopefully we're going to change that (laughs) after you listen to this podcast episode. So if anybody knows me, any, or you know that I live for RuPaul's Drag Race, like, let me tell you, I love me some queens. It's nothing like a group of queens slaying and sashaying down a runway and throwing like all sorts of shade towards each other. It just makes my Thursday night. Like I have my favorite queens. Um, <clears throat> I, we, you know, it's season 10 right now and the season 10 queens are slaying. We just came off of um, All Stars Drag Race season three and I love me like some Shangela and some Kennedy Davenport and babies of Harabinet and all these drag queens and I love like I'm saying when I say I live for these drag queens um for various reasons I I think it's I, I really I, I appreciate the art form I appreciate the sassiness of it all I appreciate the um the amount of work that it goes into entertaining people like that. So I love, 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 love me some RuPaul's Drag Race. There's nothing like, you know, watching my RuPaul's Drag Race on a Thursday night. So if you know the show and if you watch it, you know that RuPaul ends each episode with this iconic line. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an aim up and amen up in here? <laughs> and you know the queens start dancing on the stage, and there's all this amazing, you know, all this fabulousness going on, and nothing else could be more true. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Um, and so many of us low key don't like ourselves don't love ourselves or are constantly <sighs> so many of us are in an unhealthy and maybe even abusive relationship with ourselves and I know you're like Maria abusive that's a, that's a heavy word and I, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna show you how in a second um we're so hard on ourselves like we beat ourselves up we judge ourselves. We don't extend grace to ourselves. We criticize ourselves. We're really critical of ourselves. And our self-talk can go a little something like this. Hit it. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. I'm really, do I really think I can't do that? No, you can't. I can't do that. I'm stupid for making insert mistake here. Something bad is going to happen to me. She's prettier than me. I never catch a good break. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough to keep a good man. All the good men are taken. I'm never gonna get married. I'm not going to succeed. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not. You have come in agreement with the lies in your mind telling you everything that you're not. And that's what I mean when I say we can be in an abusive relationship with ourselves sometimes. If you were in a romantic relationship with someone who berated you like this, who told you how ugly you are, how that dress doesn't look right on you, how you're not smart enough, how you're not going to get the promotion, how your past, you know, you can't get over what happened to you. 
how nobody ever is going to love you. Would that not classify as verbal abuse? Most of us would be like, boy, bye. I'm out of here. You would not tolerate. You um, would not be in a, in a healthy relationship with someone who constantly spoke to you like that, who pointed out your flaws, who pointed out your mistakes, who would always bring you down and tear you apart and see only, your, only the, the parts of you that need work. You would not tolerate being in a relationship with someone like that because that classifies as verbal abuse. You know why? Because we all know that you don't speak to someone you love that way. When you love someone, and granted, we all, you know, when you get mad, you may say something. I get it. I'm not talking about, you know, being in the heat of an argument or something. You may come out your mouth. But I'm you saying every day. If every day and at least one time an hour each day you said something like this or someone said something like this to you, you would not accept it. But we do the same thing to ourselves. We play the same horrible movie in our minds. We play the most negative, the worst thing. We just receive these thoughts about ourselves, about our circumstances, about our future, about our past, our past. And we, we take them on as our own and we come into agreement with them. And we're abusing ourselves. And because we think our, and because we think about ourselves like that and because we talk to ourselves like that, we eventually act that out. There's a scripture that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if that is what you are thinking in your heart, that is what you're going to become. You know, they call it the law of attraction. You know, whatever you think will come to pass. I'm sorry, they stole it from the word of, word of God because the scripture says it. Whatsoever, how, you know, uh, what was the scripture I just said? It just came out of my mouth. Why is my mind going blank? Um, as a man thinketh in his heart, so does he become. So I want to ask you something. Would you speak to your sister, your child, your spouse, your parents, the way that you speak to yourself? If I could go into your mind and I could put your thoughts on like a megaphone or like I can play them extremely loud like at a stadium, what would I hear? Think about that. Now, if someone you loved made a mistake, would you tell them how stupid they are? So let, let's play this situation out. Let's say one of your girlfriends, right? One of your homegirls calls you and she says something like, Girl, she made a mistake. Something happened. Would you sit here and like chastise her about it and condemn her? No. You'll look, girl, you didn't know any better. Come on, you'll do better next time. Pick yourself back up. I hope that's what you would do. That's what a good friend would do. Would you constantly tell your child what they are not or what they cannot do? So if your child came home from school and is like, Mama, you know, I'm never going to be able to pass that test. I'm never going to be able to, you know, qualify for that double dutch team. I know I just said double dutch and this is so off topic, but I'm like, do the girls play double dutch nowadays anymore? 
like, you know, I'm a Brooklyn girl, you know, in the city, we all play double dutch. And I don't see these kids playing double dutch anymore. Like, I have double dutch trophies and everything. And I'm just, I'm just like, now, side note, I'm about to, like, set up a double dutch tournament for us. Because it's like, these kids need to know. <laughs> like, that is a rite of passage as a young female growing up in the United States of America. You need to learn how to play double dutch, you know? <laughs> Oh my gosh, double dutch. I love it. I love it. I love those summer days and we would be out with our friends. You see somebody with a rope and you go get your rope and y'all have your little competition or you you need to turn for your jump. Oh my gosh, the days, the good old days. That's that's like a Brooklyn, New York memory. Like that's so thing and the ice cream truck is playing and the fire hydrants. Yes, we play in fire hydrants. Um that that was play for us, but neither here nor there. So Let's say your daughter comes home and she's like, mommy, I'm never going to make that double dutch, uh, that double dutch team. Mommy, I'm not pretty enough. Mommy, all the girls are prettier than me. Mommy, I'm not smart enough to pass that test. You would not do that to your child. You wouldn't tell your child constantly that they can't do what they're not about to do. Like I said, I hope not. I hope you wouldn't. Now, do you think God, right? If you wouldn't do that to your child, you wouldn't talk to your child like that. You wouldn't tell your child what they're not. You wouldn't encourage or come into agreement with thoughts of defeat about themselves. You wouldn't do that to your child. Do you think God, who is our heavenly father, would do that to you? Do you think God really wants you thinking negatively about yourself? Do you think God wants you in a hurtful relationship with yourself? Do you think God really wants you to keep abusing yourself with your thoughts and how you talk to yourself and about yourself? Eh, I don't really think so. If you're good enough to be loved by God, then why keep talking to yourself and about yourself in an unloving way? Why do you continue to be so hard on yourself. I've noticed that most of us are so hard on ourselves. We don't give ourselves grace. And I wonder why, because God isn't hard on you. I'm gonna say that again. God is not hard on you. In anything, any teaching, any person, any thought that tells you otherwise is lying to you, is misconstrued. Let God be true and every man be a liar. So that means it's a, it's a scripture is in Romans 3. Anything coming up against the word of God and what God says about you. Don't. Mm-mm. That's not what the word of God says. That's a lie. Okay. And I'm going to show you just, 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 just how true I know this to be. I'm going to tell you about an experience that I had. And then I'm going to also share with you ways to kind of like get into this, this new relationship with you, um, with yourself. A few months ago, I'm back in October. A few months ago, I was experiencing really extreme negative self-talk and condemnation because I made a mistake that reminded me of a past me. Who I thought or who I thought I overcame. And there's nothing like 
you thought you you thought you overcome something <laughs> and that same person from your past you 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 thank god like nah you delivered me from that and then you start acting up well i was i made a mistake i was abusing myself with my thoughts about myself for months all i kept saying to myself maria how could you be so stupid everybody's gonna think you're crazy you're dumb this 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 you so stupid you should have known better what made you do it you know better than that da 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 <laughs> i was experiencing guilt shame and ultimately self hatred but um back in december i took this prayer class this prayer course with this phenomenal woman who i've mentioned before chanel cooper sykes and then in the middle of the course, it was like over seven days that she taught us online. And for the first time in a long time, I experienced the very presence of God. Um, I can't really explain it. Um, and sometimes I do like to refrain from sharing this type of stuff because I don't know how it's going to be received. Again, those self thoughts come and tell you you're crazy. You're stupid. Don't share any things. But I bind rebuke and bring those down in the name of Jesus. Cause that's not the truth. And we need to understand that God is not, yes, God is a cosmic being. Uh, God is a, God is spirit outside of time matter in space he's outside of this but he's also in intimate relationship with each and every one of us and i think that oh you know for the most part people do have an understanding or belief in a higher being or god but they don't understand the depth to how much he loves you and how much he is involved in the details the very details of your life so we say we believe in god but we don't have a relationship with him so if you don't have a relationship with him, then you don't know who he is and you don't know how he, what he thinks about you, which in turn allows you to be deceived and fooled by thoughts that you think are yours, but are not. Okay. So when I say I experienced the presence of the very presence of God, you too can experience the very presence of God. It's not spooky, spooky. It's not like, oh my God, that's crazy. No. Why would a heavenly father not want to be in relationship with you and be in your presence and talk to you and love on you and reveal things to you and, and heal your broken heart and, and, and tell you things to come good or warn you and get you prepared. Like he's a father, a loving father. And, and, and that's what I mean when I'm saying like, it's okay to say I experienced the very presence of God. So, um, I was in this, in this prayer course. And like I said, I'm all self-hate mode. And it went, it was like that for like two months, <laughs> like two months. Um, and, um, so I'm, I remember just going through this prayer course and now I, I, I experienced his presence and I just, to be honest, anytime I've experienced his presence, it's down to one word, love. I can't. I don't have these experiences every day. It's not like me and him are like floating on the clouds every day. But when anytime I've experienced it, it's it's love. And it almost felt like clouds of love descended on me. And um, <laughs> I couldn't do anything but start praising and, and thanking him. And then um, I was looking in the mirror at the moment because Chanel taught us about praying and praying knowing that you were created in the image of god and praying in the mirror 
writing out your prayers and praying in a mirror, which is a, a strategy um, to praying. It's really learning to write out your prayers. Extremely effective strategy in prayer. Um, so I was sitting on my bedroom floor and lights were off. There was a candle, there was a candle lit and I am, I finished like her course had ended maybe at a certain time. And I knew, I just knew that something was going to happen to me that night. And I was like, okay, I'm not in this room by myself. Like I, it was, it was weird. And I was like, okay. And I looked in the mirror and I was about to, I think I was about to start reading my prayer out loud. And before I could even say anything, all I heard in my spirit were these words. I do not see any of that. And baby, I couldn't do anything else but weep. <laughs> I couldn't do anything else but cry. I mean, like crying, like a six, like a, like I was six months old. I was crying like a baby on my floor, on my bedroom floor, crying because God was Himself, and I was crying in release and in gratitude and joy and praise because God Himself was like, "Baby girl, you over here worrying about a silly mistake you made." And I don't see any of that. And if you think about it, scripture says that when he forgives your sins, he remembers your sins no more. He wipes them clean. I think it's, don't, don't quote me, but I think it's like he wipes them clean long, he, from east to west. Like he remembers your sins no more. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey. And here I am condemning the life out of myself. And God is like, baby girl, what are you tripping over? Like, I forgave you. Like, my blood, the blood of Jesus covers that. Stop condemning yourself because I don't condemn you. And if you think about it, let's go back to scripture. I'm never going to tell you something. I, ain't got, I don't have scripture to back it up when you think about it. When Jesus caught the woman... I'm not sure if the woman was in adultery because there was a woman at a well. There was so there was a few women that he went to pretty much restore. He's like, if they don't condemn you and the the the, the Pharisees and, and they were all like, you know, stone her. I guess she was caught in adultery or something. Um, and then he was like, where, where are your accusers? He was and he said, whoever hasn't sinned, cast the first stone. And, you know, everybody walked away. And then he was like, where did your accusers go? And he was like, well, I don't condemn you. Like, pretty much go and sin no more. Like, what, what you tripping? And the way Jesus did it in that, in that, and if you read that narrative, it was so smooth. He didn't make a big deal about it. He wasn't like, you need to fast for 90 days. You need to, he was just like, then I don't condemn you either. So if you're experiencing condemnation, that is not God. If you're experiencing constant abrasion, the, our adversary, your enemy loves to accuse you. You know, he's the accuser of the brethren. Brethren, He loves to accuse you. He loves to condemn you. He loves to tell you what you're not. That's not God's voice talking to you. That's not God talking to you. That's the stranger's voice. 
But oftentimes we are we are deceived into thinking that this is how this is this is normal. It's normal for me to beat myself up. No, 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 it's not. I I, I clearly remember one time when the very first time I experienced the presence of God, it was again love, and He was like, I'm not tripping like I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna tell you exactly what what the words that came up in my spirit but in the long short it was like girl again I'm not that mean hateful I'm not that like you got me confused like let me show you who I am I'm not mean I'm not hateful I'm filled with joy like God is not yes he is sovereign and yes he is ruler but at the, he's your father. He is not trying, he is committed to your success, not your failure. Yes, he disciplines you. But even when he's disciplining you, he does it in love. Even when he's pruning you, he does it in love. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So even when he's pruning things out of your life and he, you're going through a process, he's walking there with you. He's not beating you up. And the scripture says, now there is no condemnation, Romans 8. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Okay, God isn't hard on you. So one thing you can do right now to change a conversation, it, to change a you one thing that you can do right now is to start to change a conversation that you're having with yourself. How? If a thought is ministering death, unease, anxiety to you, then do you really think that's God's voice talking to you? Not at all. And this is what has done. When I say miraculous wonders, and this is where a lot of us in the body of Christ are defeated, we have not renewed our mind. Okay? The word of God says, now be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do I renew my mind? It goes back to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. That the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. And casting down false imaginations and everything that acknowledges itself above the knowledge of Christ. So in order to renew your mind, in order to get out of that abusive relationship, that negative self-talk you have with yourself, you have to now renew your mind to what the word of God says about you and your circumstances, your future and everything. Like I said, one of my favorite scriptures that I recently learned is Romans 3, 4. Let God be true and every man, every and every everybody else, every man be a liar. So what, what, what I have learned to do, the word of God also says that um, the word of God, the word of God is a sword of a spirit. How does the scripture go? Let me, let me look up this scripture before I, uh, before I tell you what I don't want to misquote the word of Rashaber and any two-edged sword okay I'm over here really take okay Romans 4 12 4 12 one of my favorite 
verses, one of my favorite chapters, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing the soul and the spirit and joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, what I'm going to put out in this scripture is it dividing the soul and the spirit. Okay, I think that's really important for you to understand that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So when you get saved and you say, okay, I'm going to give my life to Christ, your spirit is a, is the new creature, right? Your spirit is like saved, you're going to heaven, you have eternal life in Christ, right? Now you still live in a body, you still have a flesh, and you still have a, you still live in a body and you have a soul. And what is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So the enemy, our adversary, is the enemy of your soul. He is the enemy. He knows that, you know, he can't do nothing about your spirit because your spirit is on the way to heaven. Oh boy, but he will torment your soul all the way there so that you don't live the abundant life that Jesus died for you to have. The scripture says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that I could have life and have it more abundantly. So in order to renew your mind, right? In order the scripture soul is that the that the that the um that the word of God is a double-edged sword penetrating between soul and spirit. That means the word of God is going to have to be your filter for what's coming in your mind to discern and to decipher what's God and what's not. Is this just, you know, my emotions or something from my past coming up? Or is this the word of God? The word of God is spirit, right? The word of God is spirit. So when, when, when it come back to renewing your mind and be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, you have to, the only way to transform your mind is with the word of God. And if you don't have a relationship and if you don't really sit down and listen to what that word says about you, you are going to be living defeated. I don't care what, and you could, you could sashay all around, like you got it all together, but baby, the right circumstances are going to come to show you that, oh, <laughs> wow, okay, <laughs> I need something else. And the, our adversary is stealth. So he'll, what I mean by stealth is that he's patient. He, he like, he, he, he puts one drop of poison every day from your childhood. So that drop of poison now has transformed into a stronghold and a stronghold um, is pretty much a, not a permanent way of thinking, but somewhere in your thinking that it's almost like a wall has been put up where you think that's the truth. And a lot of strongholds come and start in our childhood and our in the environments that we grew up in and things that happened to us when we were younger. So now we adopt a negative way of thinking, thinking that that's the truth, but that's just a stronghold that the enemy rooted from your childhood that now has you acting or believing something that is completely untrue. The enemy is the ultimate deceiver. So you thinking that that's normal for you to think like that 
and it's not. I actually am going to share an experience with someone who I know, and he had, I hope he doesn't anymore, an addiction to pornography. And his addiction to pornography really took a toll on his outlook, his addiction to his pornography and the wounds from his childhood with his mother really have done a work. The enemy has done a work on his way of thinking. And he's thinking that how he thinks about women is all is, is, is normal. This is what it is. And and what you're going to notice is when you get into a better relationship with the word of God and you renew your mind to the word of God, your level of discernment when it comes to dealing and, and talking to other people, you're going to be like, that's not that's not true. But that's how he thought because he had a stronghold that was rooted in his childhood. But unless he deals with that stronghold, unless he allows the word of God, the Holy Spirit to completely renew his mind, that stronghold has hold on him and he doesn't even know. You, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? So a lot of us are dealing with ways of thinking. A lot of us don't have good views about ourselves because of things that strongholds and things that we have dealt with in our lives when we're young so what the lord needs to come do is completely renew you he says all things pass away but behold you become new and that becoming new is going to be really you using the word of god as not only the weapon as your weapon against those thoughts but also to discern whether or not what you're thinking right now is something god wants you to be thinking about and and let let me expound upon it a little bit a little bit more. Um, well, the greatest command that that we were given by Jesus was to love God. You know, and 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 in the and in the Old Testament was to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. So in order for me to love God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind, my thoughts have to be loving towards God. And if I was created in the image of God, my thoughts have to be loving towards myself. If I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind, my mind is the battlefield where it has to be, Jesus has to be Lord over my thoughts. And that's why that scripture now and says, casting down anything that acknowledges itself up against the knowledge of Christ. So something's coming up in my mind and it's coming up against, it's making itself Lord over Jesus. I'm not loving God with all my heart, soul, and mind at that point. Do you understand what I mean? And once again, how do I know if this is a thought that I'm supposed to be thinking? Would Jesus think this thought? The word of God says, we have the mind of Christ. And let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus is swag. And I know, please don't come for me and, and try to check me on this because Jesus had swag. Jesus' swag and confidence level about who he was as the son of God. Baby, I, you, you've never seen anything like that. Jesus was confident. Jesus was positive. Jesus was faithful. Jesus was like, where is your faith? Like Jesus was outside 
He was outside time, space, and matter. So walking on water was nothing for him because he was God. So he, so he's not subject to the rules of, 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 of the earth, right? He broke the bread and, and two fish and fed thousands of people because he's not subject. He's not subject to the rules of the earth. You, you understand what I mean? Jesus had such a confidence in who he was and because he was so secure, in his identity as God's son, out of his identity, he was able to do. He, out of his being, he was able to perform his ministry. And a lot of us have it the other way around. We want us, we want our circumstances to define who we are. So then we can go and do whatever God has called you to do. But that's opposite of the way Jesus, if I'm a Christian and what I mean by a Christian is I am a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm supposed to do as he's done and I'm supposed to follow him. He was so secure in his identity in Christ. I mean, he was, he was so secure in his identity as the son, as a child of God. And people, I, I remember the other day I said this, I thought it was, I think it was funny. And it's not like Jesus wasn't spoiled. I'm not going to say he was spoiled. He wasn't, but he had such a, like he would go to his father and ask him for anything. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, kind of like a spoiled, like I grew up very spoiled, right? I grew up very spoiled. And there was nothing I asked my father that I did not get. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. I was like, daddy, can I have? And it'll be there. Daddy, can I have? And it'll be there. And that's kind of how Jesus was with his father. He's like, oh, this is nothing. My father delights to give you the kingdom. But it, like he, he had such a, that, that if there's anything that I, I, I love reading the scripture and I love studying is that relationship he had with his father. And, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I, I gotta follow this. So if, if that's who we're supposed to follow as Christians and we have his mind, Jesus didn't walk around defeated. Jesus didn't walk around caring what other people had to say about him. He was so in love and knew who he was as his father's son that anything that tried to come against what his father had said about him, he was not having that. You crazy. My father says this about me. <laughs> what? You no. And and that's if if that's how weird to be. It makes God smile when you are secure, solid, and steady in what he says about you. I am his masterpiece. I was created in his image. I am his Andy work. He has the very head on my head, the very hairs on my head um, counted. He stoops down to listen and make me great. He avenges me. He vindicates me. He says he'll give me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise of the spirit of heaviness. He restores my soul. He will walk with me. He will not. He will generously provide all my needs and I will always have everything I need and plenty left over to share with others. I was created to be. I was created in his image. I can call those things that be not as though they are. He loves me. Oh, how he loves me. If he gave me his one and only son, what else won't he do for me? Every last word I just told you is scripture. It is not my words. It is the word of God. And when Jesus himself was tempted in the wilderness, 
What did he use to win the battle? The word of God. It wasn't the word that his mama said. It wasn't the word that he heard from the preacher down the street. He knew the word of God. And it was his sword. It was the sword of the spirit. So if you want to now renew your self-esteem and how God sees you, you're going to now have to renew your mind. And like I said, you don't have to come in agreement with what the world tells you. A lot of us agree with narratives and worldly thinking. No. Okay? If you have somebody, maybe maybe your husband just came and told you that he's about to leave you for another woman. And the world is telling you, well, you know how these dudes are. And, you know, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And these dudes, well, do you know, you put all these years into these guys and then they leave you for the next woman. Uh-uh. You bind those words. You bind that in the name of Jesus. And you pull out a scripture and you get the word of God. And you start speaking the word of God over your situation. And you start ministering the word of God to yourself. And, and, and if that's your situation, there is a scripture I can't come up, come up, um, uh, it's in, gosh, it's a scripture. I, I can't remember it right now, but it talks about, um, not no weapon for, first you gotta, first you gotta take that one. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The weapons will form, but they will prosper. The second one is, um, oh, let God what God, what God put together, let no man put apart. Something like that. You need to now renew your mind to the word. And if in the case that, yo, your man does leave, you take other scriptures about restoration and about vindication. And you like, no, God says he has plans to prosper me and not to fail me to give me a future and a hope. No, the word of God says that I shall get double portion, beauty for ashes, oil of joyful mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm not coming into agreement with what the world says about my situation. I'm coming into agreement with what the word of God says about my situation. That's how you win. That is how you now, you, you run havoc on the enemy that has tried to come and steal, kill, or destroy whatever it is in your life. And you get off of social media. You get off what they're saying on Instagram. You consecrate yourself, especially if things are coming at you left and right, who or nay. Some of us, instead of turning over our plate, we need to turn over our phones. Okay, so if you up, if you up against things that are coming at you left and right and telling you all these things about what the worst thing that's going to happen to you, the worst image in your mind coming against you, the worst films coming against your minds. No, baby, you buy, you put over, you turn over your phone, you glide off of social media for a good amount of times and you get into that scripture and you start speaking the word. What does the word of God have to say about my situation? And if not, and if what I see of the circumstances that I'm dealing with or the thoughts that are coming about my mind or the dreams that I'm having or what my grandmama say or even what the pastor said, if anything comes up against what this word says, I'm sorry, I'm not believing it. I'm not receiving it. I'm not receiving it. You got to send things back to hell. I be girl. I be sent, let me tell you, I did it this morning. I was like, oh, I'm sending you back to hell where you belong because you don't belong here. And your adversary is a bully. 
And he has master binding spirits around you that are going to keep attacking you until you learn how to fight back. Until you learn what the word of God says about you. The word of God says that you have been given power and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. That's Luke 10, 19. And we can't do church anymore and be like, oh, I believe this, but do you really believe? What do you really believe? Let me tell you, I can tell what you believe, but what do you say about your circumstances? Everybody talks a good game about having faith, but when the circumstances come, when you just start pulling out your weapons, you, 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 you bring in a knife. You bring a knife to a gunfight. And this is why it is really important for you to have a consistent and steady relationship with the word of God. And if, if there's a book along with the word of God that I highly implore that you go on Amazon and order today, it is The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. I am actually rereading it the second time and I would say I'm more rereading it more like the fourth and fifth time because I'm taking each chapter and I'm rereading each chapter at least three, four times. Because the enemy will come and give you so many distractions in your mind, so many lies in your mind. I am telling you, ladies, 2018 has been my year of the renewal of my mind. I'm like, oh, this fool, Satan got me so distracted with nonsense, got me believing things that are not true. Got me coming into agreement with things because that's what the world says. Oh, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm getting back what's been stolen. And how I'm going to get it back with this word of God. I'm not going to condemn myself. I'm not going to beat myself up. Because God does not condemn me. God does not beat me up. God is not hard on me. And if he does prune me, he does it with the utmost of love. And he walks me through it like a loving father. He is in love with me. He's in love with you too. He, like I'm saying, he loves me. He's jealous of us, okay? All right? So this is, this is going to help you learn who you really are. We can't walk around and say we are daughters of the king and we don't even know what that means. Mm-mm. It's time for you to take back what's been stolen from you. It's time for you to take back. Yeah, God will give it back to you, but you got to arm up too. And you got to recognize how you thinking about yourself. If I could go to the other side of these, you know, whatever you listening to me on, and if I could just shake you and say, stop thinking about yourself. And you want to know why I'm so passionate about it? Because that was me. And it still is a daily fight for me to keep myself focused on Jesus and focused on what he says about me and not let my mind run and do whatever it wants to do and keep myself meditating on the word of God, meditating on the scripture, thinking good things, thinking the best and not the worst. And if I'm not thinking on the scripture, what I'm doing is I'm also like doing Philippians 4, 8. 
Think on whatsoever good, whatsoever kind, like the best things, the good things happening to me. I don't think Jesus walked around. I really don't believe Jesus walked around thinking about all the bad things that has, was about to happen. And your man was about to go on the cross taking the sins of the world. I don't think he was like, oh, let me sit down and think about that cross. Now, we know that once he got into Gethsemane, <laughs> once he had his, you know, not my will, that will be done. Of course, he didn't want to do it. But you never see Jesus, he wasn't walking around sad or depressed or, or mad at himself. Like, he didn't do that. That's so, why would, why would we do that to ourselves? Why would, you got to now think about your thoughts towards yourself. Like, would God think this about me? Would God, is God telling me this? Is God magnifying the worst situation? Is God playing out the movie? You know, the film that you play in your head about the worst case scenario. Is that God? No. No. That doesn't go again. That's not what his word. But see, this is a discipline that, that, that takes time. Takes time. And if you do make your mistakes, learn from your mistakes. Learn. And allow God to reveal to you what needs to be revealed to you and let him heal you. And he'll show it to you at the proper, at the proper time. And he, I'm telling you, it happened to me the other day where God showed me a, a stronghold. He revealed to me a stronghold that was affecting um, my faith and my ability to believe and, and how he felt towards me. He showed me a stronghold from my childhood. And I was like, oh, and it, it was, it was sudden. It was sudden. I was in church and I was at an all night service and boom, it came and dropped in my spirit. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not the truth. So if, if there are mistakes, confess them, God will cover them and learn from them and ask him. Like I said, you want to be intimate with the Lord. So ask him, Lord, why did I do that? Why, why did I act out like that? Why am I so angry? Why am I so bitter? What's, what's holding me back? Why haven't I met my husband yet? Or why is, why is, what's going on um, in my relationship right now that I'm feeling disconnect? Whatever it is, talk to him. And he's going to reveal it. He's the mighty counselor. He's going to tell you he's the spirit of truth. He's going, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He's going to show it to you. And he's going to walk you through. He's going to reveal to you what you need to change, what needs to, maybe you need to stop. Father, why don't I hear from you? He may say, yo, you need to stop watching so much TV or you need to log out your social media. You need to like, you, you need to spend a few, a, 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 before you go out in the morning, you need to spend some time with me. He'll show you that's how loving he is. He's not going to like sit there and be like, oh, now you want to come and talk to me. You haven't talked to me in the last six months. The only time you talk to me is when you need something. No, he's going to be there waiting for you. Like, okay, you ready to renew your mind? Let's go. Let's go. Let's start this journey. He's ready, willing, and waiting through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. It's going to be a process. Healing is a process. I'm going to say that again. Change is not an event, but a process. And time is your friend as you begin to change, okay? And it's not going to be healing if it's comfortable. Now, I'm going to warn you with this. When God comes to heal 
your soul and renew your mind, it's not going to be comfortable. Okay, it's not going to hurt. Well, I'm not going to say it's not going to hurt because some things he reveals to you. And he asks you to surrender or change or let go. And you're like, oh, God. But um, it's what I'm not going to say that it'll hurt. It's more like, you know how when you go to the doctor and let's say you've you've been wounded. I don't know. Now you're in like your rehab. Let's say you're like rehabbing and you got to get like some medication maybe you got to get a shot right because you're rehabbing from a wound that you know the doctor's healing from you it's gonna hurt when they give you that they maybe they got to give you the medicine as a shot a needle when they put the needle in initially it hurts but then as soon as that's like that pain lasts what three to five ten seconds it doesn't last long and then you get your medicine and you feel better and you keep on moving and I kind of think like that's how it is with the Lord sometimes like the initial like uh, shock of it all, maybe like, ooh, I didn't know that. That's a little hurt. It's not hurtful. It's new, but you know, the, the the process of healing is a little uncomfortable. But it wouldn't be comfortable if it weren't heal. Like healing doesn't. Don't expect healing to be comfortable. Like God forbid you were to get into an accident and and you broke your arm or you broke a leg god forbid right and you have to now rehab that leg you have to rehab that arm to get it back to the condition or even a better condition than it was before it's gonna hurt it's gonna be uncomfortable it's gonna be it's going to be new right so so i just want to encourage you that in those moments where you're learning don't beat yourself up again give yourself grace it's unkind and unloving to yourself to be hard on yourself when learning to do something no one has taught you to do. So let's say if you're rehabbing with God and he's revealing some wounds from your childhood and some things that you did. There's some things that I've done to other people that I knew that now I know were what my parents taught me. But I didn't know any better in the moment. I was a angry, spoiled, mean, just selfish I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to say whatever I got to say. I'm going to do whatever I want to hurt you because I'm hurt. And instead of me acknowledging my hurt, instead of me saying, yo, what you just said or what you just hurt did hurt me. No, I'm going to come out swinging. Like I'm going to come out swinging with either my words or even physically, even physically. I may come out swinging because that's what I thought. That's what I thought was normal. Growing up, like you, you do whatever you need to do to get your point, your point across. And so God is like, no, <laughs> that's not how you do it. God had to do, had to work on me in that. You, you understand? So when you're, when you're, when you, when you're growing up, we, a lot of us do things growing up. <laughs> we saw, we saw the people around us doing it. This is, you know, I'm tough. And especially if you're from the hood. Don't get it twisted. Growing up in Brooklyn, you had to learn how to defend yourself. Riding these trains and getting on these buses. If somebody looked at you crazy, you had to be ready to fight. Like That's how we were raised. That's how we were raised. So a lot of times things are products of your environment. So you growing up, you thinking that now you 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 older, you think you have to fight all the time. And, and the Lord has to has to undo that thinking and renew your thinking, okay? So the Lord will show you things why, you know, you feel like you always have to fight or defend yourself or whatever. He's going to show it to you. And when you learn those things, don't feel bad about yourself because God gives you grace 
So give yourself grace, right? You didn't know any better. You didn't know any better. You weren't taught any better. And like Iyanla says, she said it over the weekend in her last episode, it's unkind and loving yourself to be haunting yourself for learning to do something no one has taught you how to do. I'm not like if your child came home, if your son came home and he has a new bike and he's never ridden a bike before <laughs> and he tries to get on it because he's so excited. And, you know, let's say he rides it into a tree and maybe he breaks it. It's not his fault. He's never he got so excited about the bike. He's never been on a bike before. Maybe, you know, now he's hurt. He got a little cut, a little wound because he done rolled the bike, you know, into the tree or something. And he's okay. Nothing happened to him. But you're not going to penalize him. He didn't know. That was his first time on a bike. So be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. The same grace that God gives you, you must give it to yourself. You can't be so hard on you. And let me tell you this one. How other people feel about you is none of your business. Keep if you if your self-worth of your happiness is attached to people liking you, people liking your pictures on social media, blah 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 blah, you're gonna live um you're gonna you live by your feelings and you the only thing consistent people will rock with you today. They'll love you today and tomorrow they may not. But you know what's consistent in your life? God's love for you. God doesn't care what you do. See, your love, God's love for you is not consistent, is not dependent on what you do for him or what you've done. God's love for you is because of what Jesus has done for you. So when you come to God, and I love Hebrews 4.16 now come boldly to the throne of grace and ask for help when you need it most. The God doesn't want you to come to him wimpy. Like, Lord, I... No, come boldly. Father, I know I messed up today. I know I cursed out my coworker when I shouldn't have, Lord. But I'm asking, even in spite of, to forgive me, I receive your grace. And can you mend the relationship and give her the heart to forgive me, Lord? And... Yes, grace, you need his help. You can't, you can't do this changing of how you think, act towards yourself and towards others and towards your circumstances without his help. So be kind and be loving to yourself. Be kind and loving to yourself. Every day you are getting better and better. The mere fact that you are listening to me right now and you or you maybe you registered for that woman empowerment conference or you read that book to renew your mind. You went to church, you listened to the sermon, maybe you exercise, you chose the healthier meal instead of, you know, the Chick-fil-A. Shout out to Chick-fil-A. Love me some Chick-fil-A. Or you didn't clap back when you could have or, or you forgave that person even when you didn't want to. You're on the right track. We, we magnify the horrible things we've done, but the good things we do, the right decisions we make, or the good things that happen to us, we kind of minimize them. And when you're walking in gratitude, oh my gosh, it does wonders for your relationship with yourself. It does wonders. It does such wonders. So be kind. You're getting better and better day by day. Okay, two more things that I wanted to tell you before I leave. Um, 
if you want to have a great, also when, when I talked about like learning from your mistakes and being in a better relationship with yourself and not being abusive toward yourself, set boundaries. Like set boundaries to, now I'm not telling you to build a wall against other people, but set boundaries for yourself just so that you can protect yourself. Like give yourself certain things that you're not going to do, certain things that are going to hurt you or give other people an, not an opportunity to hurt you. But if you got to have certain boundaries in place to protect you from yourself and protect and also to know how to deal with other people. And that's an entirely an, an entirely post on a different post on its own. But I want you to also start to exercise the importance of setting boundaries at the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. OK, so let's say if. You know, one of your strongholds comes from a certain relationship or conversation that you have with one of your parents. Maybe, you know, your parents are constantly criticizing or judging you every time you tell them something. They talk about how you're not doing it right, how, how you're not doing it correctly, and how you can be doing it better. Right. You may have to set a boundary and tell your mom or your dad, like, listen, I love you. But in order for us to have a good relationship, I'm not going to continue allowing you to tell me what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. And if you don't respect my boundary, then I'm going to have to decrease the time that I speak to you. That's what I mean by setting boundaries. Like once you realize what certain things, where certain things and strongholds are coming up in your life, you got to send your set boundaries to protect yourself and say, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this. You're not going to keep criticizing me so I can keep being hard on myself. You know, what you're doing, these words that you're saying to me are really affecting my relationship with myself, my relationship with my God, with relationship with God and relationship with others. Because I can guarantee that if you grew up in a critical spirit, in a critical home with a critical spirit, you are critical of yourself, you're critical of your others, and you probably think that God is criticizing you all the time. You probably think that God is not satisfied with you. Because your parents or whomever were not satisfied with themselves, so they spew it out on you. You spew it, you receive it, you take it into yourself, you, you do it to other people. And now that I'm, I can almost guarantee that that has an effect with your relationship with God. You, and that, like I said, cut that out, set up a boundary. No, no more, okay? And my final thing, in just entering a better relationship with yourself, play! Play, 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 have fun, and don't let anybody make you feel crazy about it, especially to my mamas out there. Have fun. Like a lot of us, when we, you know, we move into other areas of our lives, whether it's motherhood or becoming a wife and all those other things, we forget to have fun. Have fun. And don't make yourself feel bad about having fun a lot of us really are guilty when it comes to having fun because we think that there's more work to do you know so if I sit here and have fun with my kids I'm not being a good mom because I still gotta fold the laundry you know if I sit here and I book this trip to um I don't know Rome with my girls in the summer I'm not being good I'm not being a I don't know. I'm not being the greatest financial steward for my money with my money because I could use them. Now, if you know that that's not what you're supposed to be doing with your money, you know, but I'm not good and I, I shouldn't be doing that because I, you know, I don't know whatever story you made in your head. But 
play and have fun and don't feel bad or don't penalize yourself when you're there's a time and a place for everything and it's an ecclesiastes you know and god wants you to have fun as a matter of fact my girlfriend and i were talking about this the other day um one of my dearest best friends and we are so diligent and faithful right we are so diligent and faithful in what we're doing that we forgot to have fun and she's like, you know, so the, the other day she's like, girl, you know, I'm about to book this trip. And she's booking a trip to go hang out with some of her friends um, in another city for a weekend in a few weeks. And that's what I mean. Like, you you see how you like to see your children laugh and have fun? Like, if you give your child something that they really wanted and they laughing and they having fun. <laughs> like, you love to see that smile on your child's face. Don't you think God loves to see you doing the same? See, you got to go back to making God a little bit more um, tangible and it's see him as your father. So the same, and let me tell you, the scripture also says that God, Jesus talks about it in Matthew 7, that God who, um, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, like if your kid asks you for a fish, are you going to give him a snake? No. So if, you're, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, what more? Won't your heavenly father give you? And he's saying like, you're like, y'all are sinful and y'all a mess. And y'all know how to be good to y'all kids. So how much you think God is not going to be good to you? So God desires for his children to laugh, to play, to have fun, to enjoy the gifts and everything that he gives you. Everything is done in balance. So I encourage you that when it's time to play, when it's time to have fun, don't feel bad about what laundry needs to be folded. You know, maybe you need to just go buy yourself a nice dress. Do something. Take yourself out. Go on a cruise. Go on a vacation. Take, you know, a good fitness course. Go and laugh with your friends. Do something to have fun. Be good to yourself. Be good and be happy because like I said, you are getting better and better. And the fact that you even cared to listen to me this long shows how great of a, not, it just shows how committed you are to your self growth and your personal development and growing in who God created you to be. Yeah, girl, go, go, go and have fun and enjoy everything that God wants to give you. Um, I really hope that this was encouraging to you. I really do pray that you get a, a list of scriptures to help you renew your mind about yourself, your circumstances, and your, 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 any situation that you are in. Um, if you enjoyed what you hear, you can join us at Embrace Her Legacy University. You can take more classes where I go into detail about teaching other subjects like this and faith and goals, negotiation, business, so many different topics. And you can uh, go to EmbraceHerLegacy.com backslash university to learn more about that. Um, and if uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at, at Embrace Her Legacy or at I am Maria Melendez. I really hope that this is a blessing and an encouragement to you. You can no longer walk around defeated in self-condemnation because you're not going to be promoted to the next level if you keep being so critical of yourself. There is no way. God loves you too much to promote you to the next level 
<laughs> if you are so critical of yourself because you're going to be, you're not only going to harm yourself, but you can harm other people. Okay. Love on yourself the way God does. Until next time, like I always say, always be a woman who embraces her legacy. Good night. Thank you for tuning into the Embrace Her Legacy podcast, the number one personal development, faith building, and dream birthing spot for millennial women hosted by Embrace Her Legacy founder, Maria I. Melendez. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe and visit embraceherlegacy.com slash university to join Embrace Her Legacy University, our online classroom where you can download our personal development classes, tools, and courses to help you birth your dreams, build your faith, and become the woman you were created to be. Don't forget to make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at Embrace Her Legacy. Until next time, always be a woman who embraces her legacy.